Davos 2019. This coverage of the Global Conversation on Change is brought to you by BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. This is The Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hogg. In this episode, Sassel's chief executives on Davos and an update on the SA Champion Corporation. Two and a half years ago, when the Sassel Directorate appointed joint chief executives, there was a fair amount of discomfort amongst investment analysts. Having two captains on any ship has proven challenging for many similarly sized international businesses. But Bongani Nkwababa and Steve Cornell have proved to be sparkling exceptions to that apparent rule. How so? Well, I've watched them here in Davos. They're genuinely good friends, which surely does help. But it looks to me like the true catalyst is their humility. They seem to have conquered that ego expansion, which too often accompanies those promoted to elevated positions. But you be the judge. We had a good conversation about Davos, about Sassel, about its investment into the United States of 11 billion US dollars, and how the company might be a catalyst in helping to transform South Africa. Let's join the conversation. Well, it's become a little bit of a tradition now to capture the two chief joint chief executives of Sasso, uh, Bongani and Steve. Lovely to see you again this year. How many times have you, have you been to the event now? A pleasure to meet you again, Alec. It's our third time. So by now you're starting to feel veteran-like, uh, you know what clothes to bring and, and what sessions to get to. Well, you always think that, but you always learn something each time. And I find it stimulating, uh, the, the, the sessions and the discussions. It's, it's always a pleasure. You guys seem to work well together. What's the magic? The magic is a clarity of purpose, that uh, we are focused on what's best for the company, what's best for our teams next, and lastly, what's best for individuals. And, and what have you, do you allocate resources here as well, i.e. split the responsibilities? It, uh, it depends. We are largely together, but some sessions, if we are meeting stakeholders, depending on who it is, uh, sometimes we are together, sometimes we are separate, but uh, we prefer to work together. Now, without putting any words in your mouth, it does appear that Team South Africa has done quite well this year. Yeah, from our perspective, they have. Uh, I think everyone is is looking for um, positive movement in South Africa, and the reception continues to, to be more and more positive here in, in Davos. I think that reflects what's going on back home, and that they see good movement. And, and you know, what we look for as business leaders is clarity and certainty, and we're starting to see more and more of that. And so I, I think that's what you're seeing here as well. Often when one wants to get to the truth, you invert. And uh, it doesn't happen too often when you have a look at uh, what's been going on in South Africa lately. But from the inversion scale, you haven't been mentioned in dispatches anywhere with all this bad news that's been going around. Uh, have we got <laughs> – is, is that because of governance issues? Uh, what do you put that down to? It's down to governance, although the latest uh, gentleman who – who was on the State Capture Commission last week, Akrizi, or whatever his name is, uh, mentioned that uh, they tried to get into a contract with us way back in 2002. Via one of our union uh, leaders, we told them to go away, and they went away. 
it 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 seems uh with hindsight the smarter the obvious thing to have done but it it has wasn't so did you did you have much pressure uh, from the dark forces at the time those nine years now that everyone's talking about no not really although in my previous life uh, in in mining i i had an attempt but uh, because maybe we're a private company if you tell people to go away and set the roads very clear they go away steve it might be unfair given that uh, that you are american but we are seeing that multinationals from the the west uh, have have been caught out a number of times now in abusing their privileges in uh, Malaysia we saw with Goldman Sachs we've seen the Credit Suisse issue uh, on South Africa's border in Mozam, uh, Mozambique as well uh, th- this this exposure must be good in the longer term for developing countries no i think we've said said that as well what you're looking for is is good governance and if if it fails that you you find it you bring it forward you take the right actions against those who who maybe caused it to fail and then you put in systems to try to to make it better it's a it's a continual process that all countries and all companies go through i think uh bongani and i are pleased with where we think sasa limited is you can imagine that we've we've tried to test that over and over uh, in the last couple of years but uh no it's 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 not limited to to any one spot on the globe that's for sure or any one company Let's start in America. How's Lake Charles doing? Yeah, so this is a year of delivery, right? It's it's such a massive project. It, it, it's not just one unit as we call it, but it's really seven or eight or even nine units uh of, you know, each of those units being hundreds of millions of US dollars of investment. So the f- the first unit is in the process of coming online and starting to make product. So we'll hopefully be able to announce that officially in the very very near term um and then we'll go to the next one and the next one but it'll consume most of 2019 so this is the year that uh, we bring it on and stop spending money hopefully and start making some money you've been quite aggressive uh, early on in cutting the costs there at at Lake Charles have you lost any capacity as a result in in terms of the cost cutting was largely in the rest of the organization at Lake Charles because we are growing we are actually growing in in terms of uh, headcount will if the combined complex will have uh, ar- around a, a thousand permanent people although at the peak construction it's a uh, it's 9000 uh, people so we are, we are growing there and it will diversify our earnings Uh, from uh, 70% South Africa and 30% the rest of the world to 50-50 and will rely less on uh, on crude oil because there will be more ethane feedstock which will be important for us for the cracker what do international investors think about that change from 70-30 to 50-50 uh, they, are, they are they are quite positive because uh, and because our our growth we become more of a chemical company actually both on the MSI index and uh, on the Johannesburg stock exchange were listed as a chemical company but although that is the case uh, the mindset is still otherwise and uh, even the analysts when they do evaluation on us they look at us uh, largely looking at, at the crude oil price but it will be more intricate than that going forward are there any particular advantages uh, being a multinational in your field based in South Africa 
they, 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 they certainly are because they, we, we are proud of our home base because there is, for us there is free capital flows because we built this project for over $11 billion. Not a single rand was transferred from South Africa to America to, 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 to build the plant. But because close to 68% of our shareholders are South African, it means the, when the dividends are declared, this money will eventually flow back to South Africa if the share register remains uh, the same. Without getting too complicated, how did you do that? How did you manage to get $11 billion project and not have to fund it from South Africa? So we, you know, we have operations currently in Europe and, and in the U.S., not as big as what we're building. So, so we had offshore reserves from those operations. And then we, we find project finance going to the U.S., going uh, U.S. dollar loans uh, that uh, were backed by the, the project itself. So basically we were able to sort of ring fence that offshore and use offshore funds and offshore financing and be able to keep it uh, away from having to, to go after our, our RAND reserve. So it's worked out really well. One of the uh, major companies in South Africa uh, brings other responsibilities, particularly now that the president has been saying business and, and uh, needs to play its part, needs to be more involved with government in turning things around. <laughs> How's your arm being twisted to say, come on, uh, is it true? Bring on more interns? Is it, is it through expanding employment? It, it appears as though there's a, there's a massive drive now for business to get involved and re- help rebuild the country after the bad nine years. So we were one of the first people to sign up for the YES program, and what we said is that we'd bring on uh, 1,000 interns over a four-year period. Uh, the first uh, large percentage of that uh, for the first year is already in progress, so we're feeling good about that. You know, I think what we can do is just continue to be a very profitable company and look at, you know, can we continue to invest you know, we've said it before, we're one of the few companies that invested in new mines over the last four years. And we brought on two new mines uh, in order to, for us to be able to sustain our mining and secunda operation until 2050. So, you know, th- those sort of things. We're going to look at where are the opportunities to add value and where is the opportunity to add jobs. Uh, just just as a, a patch from left field there, with Eskom struggling so much to source decent coal, are you able to step into that bridge? Bongani may be able to answer better than that, but the the coal that we use isn't the same quality coal that they need for thermal for for their for, for their uses. We take it and, and and turn it in gasify and turn it into chemicals, which doesn't need quite the same uh, thermal content. If you want, you know, it's not getting too technical. So we sell a little, uh, but the majority of it probably wouldn't fit their needs. Yes, because uh, most of uh, the coal we we produce is for our internal needs, which are 40 million tons, and then uh, we export uh, three. A million tons, but that's higher calorific value, which is uh, not for our quality coal and not for ESCOM's quality coal. So no, we we, we do not uh, supply them with coal. However, we do supply them with uh, lots of diesel when things are rather, rather difficult. And what about electricity? In terms of uh, electricity, we it might be not widely known that we are the second biggest generator of uh, electricity in the in, in the country 
but uh, largely for internal purposes. But it's a, it's a structure which will uh, look forward to, depending on whether the feedstock changes. Should there be more access to, to gas, we can change the, the energy landscape in, in South Africa so that there is a, a lower carbon a generation of, of, of electricity. And I just mentioned electricity because there are big things happening at Eskom. We know that. We heard this morning from the president that he got a he got a phone call at 5:30 from Num. They want to talk to him urgently about the developments, big things in the next little while. Would es- would hypothetically, if Eskom were to be unbundled, would that be something appealing to you? Would there be parts of it that that Sasser would like to bid for? Uh, uh I, I, I wouldn't say so because uh, al- although you might be aware that I, I used to be the CFO there some time ago, so personally I believe the answer lies in uh, unbundling and privatisation. But uh, others might see might, might see it differently. But uh, it's it's not in the core of what we are focused on because should we want to grow our electricity sector, it will largely be l- lower carbon intensity rather than high carbon intensity. And maybe we should just have a look at one of the huge potentials that South Africa is sitting on that we have stopped talking about, which is shale gas. Uh, is, is, is there any unlocking or potential unlocking of that? We saw how government worked aggressively on, uh, on solar and wind, but sitting on a, a apparent shale gas treasure chest. I think more work needs to be done, Alex, on, you know, how good is the geology and, and can we economically develop it? Of course, there's the issues, the environmental issues that have always been uh, uh, out there that you, you need to be sensitive to and, and determine if you can develop it and, and, and do it in a way that meets all the stakeholders' needs. Um, yeah, they've been obviously extremely successful in the U.S. at developing shale oil and shale gas. They're starting to try to do that in, in other areas uh, around the world. No one yet has been anywhere close to as successful. I think there's lots of reasons for that. Uh, but Bongani and I believe that it could be something that uh, would be extremely positive for South Africa and that we'd love to see if we can help uh, evaluate it. And if it if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does work, then how can we you know, help in, in terms of bringing that resource uh, to fruition. Because you were involved at one stage, if, if memory serves. Shell was actually the, the lead in that. We were, we were a little bit behind. We, we, we looked at uh, all the data, uh, but we'd, like to do a, we'd have to do a lot more work before we'd move forward. But it, it's there. And what we've also said is, given the whole issue around climate, you've got to look at other sources being renewable, but gas is a is a bridge. Renewable cannot do it today, right? And so the bridge between coal, one of the highest carbon feedstocks, and renewables, is, gas plays an obvious role. So for us, either developing it in South Africa or developing it in Mozambique for Mozambicans, but if, if there's enough, also bringing it down to South Africa. So that's another area we're looking at as well. Okay, let's get back to Davos itself. You meet a lot of your uh, counterparts, um, your, your peers from other multinational companies. What's the feeling been about the energy scene and, and I think specifically the, the oil price? Okay. If I can split it between uh, energy fuels and then uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go on to, uh, or Steve can talk about the, the chemicals. On the crude oil side, there's a view that there is Although there is a growth in terms of shale production, which will get to about 11 million barrels uh, per day, 
if you consider that uh, the, the the world demand is just over 100 million barrels a day, and uh, it comes it, the consumption is about three to four uh, uh, per year, and it grows by 1.3. So what that means is that you need to be growing the the supply by between 4.3 and 5.3 per year, and that's not happening. So the as a result, although there is a oversupply at the moment, because there is no conventional s- supply being grown, it's very likely that uh, we might have an, an, a, a spike in the crude oil price in the next five years or so. Even with all the electric cars, with all the energy efficiency, the, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. So if we switch to the chemical side, chemical demand tends to follow world GDP. Right? So uh, what chemicals are there for is meet the needs of consumers. And as the GDP increases, the, the consumption increases. So, you know, there's there's some talk around, you know, what's the real growth rates in Asia, some concern on softness. I'd say most people are, are kind of moderately optimistic. Uh, so we always look at what can we control. We control our own production, our own cost. We'll continue to do that. Uh, and, of course, we're bringing on a new chemical production facility to meet that demand. So we think we're well positioned. We think we're really well positioned on the chemical side. Being in the U.S., uh, help as well, given the way that the uh, economic policies are being crafted there? Yeah, there's two two reasons why we're very happy we made the decision in the U.S., probably more than that. But the two biggest ones is the the driver for profitability in the chemicals is a low feedstock cost. And the U.S. has one of the lowest feedstock costs in the world, and we see that continuing for quite some time. So that was the real one of the real drivers that hasn't changed. The thing that has changed, you know, when we made the decision, <clears throat> Mr. Trump wasn't in the White House. Uh, now he's in the White House, and the only major thing that he's passed that has affected us directly is lower taxes in the U.S. So that's actually been positive for us. So, you know, you can say all sorts of things about pros and cons of the current U.S. administration, but in terms of our business, uh, it hasn't really been a negative at all. There have been some positives for us. So looking ahead, uh, when you go back to South Africa and you talk to the people of Sassel, what are you going to be taking from Davos 2019? It's a a message that there is although the economy might might slow down in the next year and some people are talking that there is uh, not 30% chance of a recession this year but maybe 50% next year the com- long term vision companies of our kind you look in the very long term so things might come down and go up but uh, growth is our friend and uh, will grow into the population growth there is a great future f- for us Thank you, Alice. No, we, we, we're, you know, South Africa is our home. The majority of our employees there, the majority of our assets are there. And so, you know, we're going to continue to optimize it. And like Bongani said, we, you know, we look out at the 2040, 2050 period and, and uh, we see continued growth and, and we're going to be a part of it. And when you talk to your global peers, if they think about South Africa at all, are they noticing that things are changing? I'd say most of the people we meet, one of the first questions they have to us is, so tell us really what's happening in South Africa. Because it's, it's hard from afar 
to, to read the tea leaves. So we always probably spend the first 10 minutes of our conversation giving our view, which is a, a, on balance a very positive view. And, of course, they have to make up their own mind. But uh, I'd say that's one of the things we carry with us to Davos. What, what exactly do you tell them? We, we, we tell them that although we did an apparition for nine years, the fact of the matter is that uh, institutions of democracy do work. So the, there's an independent media, the, uh, probably more independent than in other big Western governments I've, I've been to. And then uh, also the judiciary is, is very independent. Issues are being dealt with. The mining legislation, which was problematic for a long time, is being dealt with. And then we now have a, a minister of, of police who's highly energetic and decisively dealing with crime, which is a big issue in our country. And then the president is committed together with his minister to create an enabling environment to make sure that there is growth because every business person wants an environment where they can find growth and, uh, and, and make money. It's, it's not more complicated than that. That was Bongani Nguapaba and Steve Cornell, the joint chief executives of Sassel. This has been The Rational Perspective. Until the next time, cheerio.